to encourage you, to equip you, and to empower you to fulfill God's divine destiny for your life. I'm so excited that we have Pastor Marco and Lisa Garcia right here in San Bernardino, California at the Way Outreach Church. Thank you all for being here today. Oh, you're welcome. We're glad, glad to be to here. Have you. Okay, so Pastor Marco, we like to find out what are some really good books that you've read or maybe you are reading that would be a good resource for our you listeners. Know, I think a really great book for pastors to read is Pastoral Leadership Is by Dave Early. We're using that book right now and I'm having my pastors read it because it really gives, it's like an encyclopedia for pastoring. It starts off with our character. It talks about our personal growth plan and it goes into counseling. It goes through everything. Yeah. Matter of fact, we're going to be starting pretty soon a a school of ministry here. Awesome. And we're going to use that, some of that material from that book um, as as part of the teacher material. Okay, so give me the name again. Pastoral Leadership Is by Dave Early. Dave Early. That's a really good one. Yes, I'm going to be is. looking that up. Pastor Lisa, what's yes. a book you recommend that you've read that you're just like, this is powerful? Definitely Battlefield of the Mind, Joyce Meyer. Yeah. And that's where the enemy just comes to attack, just so right in good. your mind. We have feelings, we have emotions, mm-hmm. but we cannot be led by those things. We have to be led by God's Word. That's so good. It's so true. Battlefield of the Mind. Really, I almost think every believer needs a copy of that book. So really good suggestions. Well, I have been here all weekend, like I said. I am just amazed at what God has planted here, what you all have been such faithful stewards of. We're right here in the heart of San Bernardino, California, which... Maybe a lot of people knew about, but certainly after last year, everybody knows about with the terrorist attack that was here. So you're pastoring this huge, enormous, vibrant work in the middle of a really dark place. I would Mm -hmm. think where maybe people would say, hey, don't go start a church there. They they just don't make it, you know. And yet I look around and everything is just top-notch, flourishing. Give me just a little snapshot of what has this been like for you all. How have you done this? Well, we started the church with a dream from God. So it wasn't just something we came up with. I just really believe that if God's giving you a word, like the scripture says, his word will not return void. And I think we just need to spend time first hearing from God before we start doing that's good. So, you know, we heard from God, and God called us to start a church. And I knew the kind of church we would start. It would be an inner city church. It would be in a city that had a lot of need. Yeah. So I was looking for that. Yeah. So when God called us to start the church, I got a dream, a literal dream. Mm-hmm. And God says, go, they're sheep, and you're their shepherd. Wow. I never quite ever heard that. I was thinking church culture. You just pick the church you go to. Right. But I didn't realize that God already assigned shepherds to yeah, sheep. that's good. So you can't even call yourself in the pastorship. Yeah. It's a call from God. That's, that's why they call God. it a call. Yeah. So I woke up that morning and I told Lisa, Lisa, I really think God's calling us to be pastors. I was a youth pastor at the time, but what I was doing full time, I was in a car business. 
Wow. I was 14 years in the car business, moved up, doing super good yeah. at the top of my field, making a lot of money. Yeah. And that night I heard that dream and I told I think God's telling us to start a church. Yeah. I've never been part of a church plant. So there was something new. I've never seen a church plant. Wow. But I just knew that God was telling us that. So the night after I got another dream and I'm not a dreamer. Yeah. So I got this dream and this was a dream. God showed me a whole bunch of big, huge trees that were knocked down like redwood trees. Huge. Hmm. They were that big. Yeah. And I, and the roots were like exposed and wow. I'm sitting standing right next to them and I say God what are those trees he goes those are my ministers that have been hurt in ministry he Ooh. goes and if you never start the ministry they'll never replant it again and oh. they'll never bear fruit again wow and he says go so I told my wife I go go I go I, I go God's telling and this night right after I like this dream we're supposed to start a church yeah so I, I, she goes but where I go I don't know I really don't know. Now, where were you living at the I time? was living in Yakaipa, which okay. is from here, probably around 10 miles, 15 miles okay. from here. But it's a real nice area. Yeah. But right at that, in that period of time, I got a job transfer okay. to San Bernardino. Wow. So I told my wife, I go, you know, maybe this is more than a job transfer. Mm -hmm. Maybe God is leading us. And maybe mm -hmm. we're supposed to start a church in San Bernardino. I don't know. Yeah. So why don't we just meet after work? Yeah. And we'll drive around the city and get a feel for it because I wasn't real familiar with the area. Yeah. So we drove around the city and I was, as we were driving through the city, I saw the poor. Yeah. I saw the hurting. I saw the broken. Wow. And I told her, Lisa, this is where we're supposed to start a church. Yeah, this is it. This is it. So God just gives a little honing device and we went to the actual block we're supposed to start the church mm -hmm. on. It's like we're supposed to be right here. You just knew it. I just knew it. It was just confirmation. Go, what do yeah. you think? She goes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we sit there now. I really have an idea. We're supposed to start a church in the city, but mm -hmm. I still don't know how. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a big deal because how do you start a church? Right. What do you do? You rent a building or yeah. what, how many flyers do you put out? I mean, how do you start a church? Yeah. Well, God gave me specific instructions. And this is what he said. He goes, love the people. Mm. And I go, how do you love the people? Yeah. That was my next question. He goes, this is how you're going to love the people. He goes, don't get a building. The church is not the building. He goes, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go knock on doors. I go, knock on doors. He goes, knock on doors. And I want you to ask him this question. What are their needs? And whatever their needs are, you meet it. Whoa. So we went into these neighborhoods and we started knocking on doors. First time we just walked around Jericho, walk around one block. Yeah. And then we finally started knocking on doors. And the first door we knocked on, I go, is there anything? You know, we're thinking about starting a church in this area. Yeah. But there's no use to start a church if we don't even know what your needs are. Wow. So I asked her, what are your needs? And she says, well, my son is really messed up right now. He's hurt and he's broken. So right in that driveway, we prayed. Yeah. And then we started knocking on doors. And then we found out that people were actually hungry. They were knocking on doors and didn't have groceries. Wow. So I go, I'll be right back. And we'd go out there and get groceries and bring it back. I knocked on another door and I found out there was a senior citizen behind those doors and they haven't got a visit for years. Their grass oh. was real high, their eaves weren't painted, their house was a mess. Yeah. So I brought in a team to mow their lawn, paint their eaves, just wow. spend time tidying up their house and, yeah. and go every week and just become a friend, visit them. We knocked on another door and we found out a 15-year-old girl just committed suicide. Oh she hung God. herself in the rafters of that house. Oh my and this poor family, they were so poor, they couldn't move. So they had to sit there and look at these open beam rafters. And they didn't have open beam rafters because their house was open beam style. It's just they had leaks in their roof. All the drywall was gone. Every day they'd go in that living room and they'd have to just look at, remember their daughter 
So I brought in a team, we remodeled, we did a makeover in their living room. We just redid the drywall, repainted it. So every week on Doors, we found out that there was a family just lost their son mm -hmm. in a drive-by the day before. Mm -hmm. So as we were knocking on these doors, we found real needs. Yeah. So we adopted 12 blocks and we went every single week to those blocks because if you're going to reach the inner city people they've been abandoned and hurt yeah. by their own family yeah. their own mothers yeah. their own fathers wow. and we knew if we're going to make an impact on wow. their lives God says if you're going to love them they need consistent love consistent mm -hmm. love not just show up and be a hero for yourself Man, yeah. because we do ministry for the people not for yeah, ourselves not for so ourselves. sometimes we're getting something out of it we think like wow yeah. I did a great job and we're j we jam right. we're gone right. you know but the consistency began to tell them these people really love you. We had no building to invite them to. We had no church to invite them to. There was no motive. So they'd ask us, where's your church at? I go, we don't have one. When we do, would you come? They all were saying, yeah, we'll yeah. come. Right. Wow. I go, well, I don't know. I go, well, I'll let you know. Yeah. So it was months later, God finally released, and he goes, okay, rent a gymnasium. Not a storefront. There's nothing wrong with storefront church. Yeah. But he told us, don't rent a storefront. He goes, wow. because I'm going to fill the gymnasium. So when he's giving me that word, yeah. I'm struggling with it yeah. because I'd never been a church planet yeah. and I didn't come from a big church. Right. So I'm wondering, how is that going to happen? Yeah. So two weeks later, we got flyers yeah. and I started letting them know we're, we're going to um, start a church. Yeah. And they go, okay, we're coming. And I wasn't sure they were going to come. Right. Right. So our first service at 1030 in the morning, around 10, no one's showing up. So right around 10, 10, 15, yeah. people from the neighborhood started coming. The homeless started Rocking. coming. Really? Drug dealers started coming. Yeah. People oh, from the hood, neighborhood, the herding started coming. The people that said they were going to come started coming. And this is your first service. First service. First. And so, we promised them that we'd have food there for them. Because there was a lot of hungry in the city. So we went to Stater Brothers and bought a whole bunch of chicken, fried chicken. Had some ladies make some rice and beans. Um, so we had a line of people coming. They were maybe coming for the food. Yeah. But they were also coming for the love that they experienced. Sure. And, and they felt obligated. I got to come. So they came. And we yeah. had right around four to 500 people come that first service. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and then almost every single one of them came yes. to the Lord. And then the power of God hit so strong that people were getting delivered and set free on the spot. Glory we were seeing God. the glory of God show up. And, yeah. and we were like even introduced to like setting people free from demonic oppression right, right there. Yeah. And I didn't come from a church that we were even experiencing that. It really? Just, it just started happening right so there on the spot. all this is brand new. Brand new. You've never seen this done. You have like no model in front of you. Right. But you're just getting cues and following directives. And bam, first service, there's four to 500 people. Yeah. And then you have like this outpouring yeah. of the power of God. Right. And so now you've got this church on your hands. Right. Okay, so how long ago was that? That was in 2004. 12 years. Um, yeah, 12 so 12 years ago. 12 years ago. So as we sit today, we're sitting in this brand new amazing facility, yeah. multi-million dollar facility you yeah. just moved into this year. Right. So, I mean, just talk to me about, I mean, essentially what I'm hearing is you don't really pastor a church, you pastor a city. Correct. And Correct. and it sounds like they're all coming. I mean, how many people are coming to this place every weekend? We have thousands of people. So we probably have around five, 6,000 people that come here on a weekly wow. basis. But we also have a, a second location at our downtown campus. So yeah. we have two locations and, and the downtown campus is right in the middle 
of the toughest neighborhood in the city. Wow. Where all the prostitution's happening, yeah. you know, murders, all that stuff. So yeah. if there's ever something that goes down in this neighborhood, mm -hmm. um, the reality, usually we know who the person is mm -hmm. because we're always out there on the streets. We got wow. teams that are out there five days a week, six days a week. They're out there on the streets, knocking on doors still. Mm -hmm. We're still doing it, loving wow. people. And we go to the neighborhoods that nobody else wants to go to. Yeah. And we build relationships with them. So when when something happens, usually they came to our church. Yeah. They yeah. just came to our church or, or we know them or it's a family member. Yeah. So we were really involved in the neighborhood. And a lot of, you know, guys, before they pass away, somehow they end up in our church. We had a young man that passed away with his son. He got the drive-by um, two months ago. Mm. Um, and he came the night before on a Wednesday night. Wednesday night, my he came word. with his boy. Oh, my word. He came with his night. And, and this is what he put on Facebook. I wonder how my life would be if I made this a habit. <gasps> and it was within 24 hours at the shootout. And he, he wasn't shooting. It was yeah. just it was a retaliation he thing. He, he got caught up in the middle of it. Him and his son passed away. But the great thing about it, we know this. Mm -hmm. His son came to our children's ministry, got saved. He got saved. That's awesome. So we hear stories like that yeah. all the time. Wow. So you're still basically working that same directive the Lord gave oh, yeah. you to knock on doors. Now, I heard you mention this in your services, and you just mentioned it again. And it just it lights me up on the inside when I hear it. And you reference adopting a block. Right. So tell me a little bit about... If you've got some people that say, we're adopting this block, what does that mean that they're doing? Because I feel like this is so powerful. Yeah. We're, when we're adopting a block, we're adopting the people. We're letting them know first, we're here for you. Mm -hmm. Anything you need, we want to partner up with you. Wow. We're here to celebrate life with you. We're here to go through the tough times with you. Mm -hmm. We are here. We're here to find out what your needs are yeah. and meet them. So the adopting of a block starts out with just knocking on doors, yeah. just saying hi, mm -hmm. introducing ourselves as a church. And we just let them know, we're your church. Mm -hmm. We're here for you. Yeah. But what ends up happening that causes the breakthrough is a consistency. Yeah. One of the th major things that we believe in is love. Yeah. See, love works. Yeah. You know, religion doesn't work. Our right. methods don't always work. Yeah. But we know this, love works. And in a neighborhood, the people mm -hmm. in the neighborhoods, they know a, a fake yeah. From real far. Oh, yeah. They understand the hustle. Yeah. Sad to say there's a lot of hustling Christians uh -huh. that they come across and they know it's not real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you really love me? When I when I'm coming across, you know, some killers in the neighborhood mm -hmm. and I'm I'm hugging them, yeah. they're not gonna let me hug them unless they know it's for real. Right. So I you know, I, I break them down with love and they yeah. know we're there for them. Yeah. And because of that, they respect us. We are going into tough neighborhoods, mm -hmm. but we haven't had an incident in twelve years. Mm. We've had any problems with anybody from the neighborhood. Wow. Because they know we love them. Yeah. So once that message comes across, and when we send the teams out there, mm -hmm. I let them know we're not here to invite people to church, number one agenda. Yeah. We're we're not here for anything but yeah. I want them to get this message. That God loves them. Yeah. And how they're going to get that message is that you love them. Wow. So that's what we do. And we hit those blocks. And usually what we do is we'll hit up a certain area for like two, three months. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have this big, huge block party. Yeah. We bring everybody oh, I love out. This. So we bring everybody we'll shut out. shut down the street. The, the we'll literally shut yeah. down a street. The police work with us. They shut down the street. The police that. department in the city works with you right. to hold these block parties. Right. That's yes. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So do church right there on the street. I bring my I bring my Kids, stage out. Yeah. 
I bring my worship team out. I bring my children's ministry. I right. put jumpers. It's a real party. It's a real food. party. Cotton candy, food, giveaways. hot dogs, giveaways. So we do all that. And and then we present them. I, I tell them my testimony of how God saved me. Yeah. And, and when it's all said and done, we'll see gang members give their lives mm -hmm. to the Lord. Oh. Prostitutes give their lives to the Lord. And then we'll help people get off the streets and into men's homes, women's homes, connect them, network them. Wow. So that's, you know, so that's what we do after that. And then we bridge them. Mm -hmm. We bridge them to the church that's where so they begin good. to go through discipleship. Mm -hmm. Then they start serving. Yeah. And it's, it's so cool when we see someone that was in the line. Yeah. And now they're serving the line. That's yes. awesome. Yes. I love it. And True it just changes their hearts. Disciples yeah. of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's just so awesome. I just love everything about the DNA of this house. I mean, hearing how it started, you, you know, 12 years later, you haven't strayed from that. I mean, everything you're describing, I'm like, I, I see. I see where you're doing that there. I see where you're doing that there. One of the things I saw in your service, I've never seen anywhere else. I thought this was so amazing. So we're worshiping. The worship is amazing. There's such a powerful presence of God. And then I look up on your screens, and there's a live baptism, water baptism, going on that you're doing because so many people are coming and getting yeah, saved that right. you're having to do water baptism every week. Right. And so we're just worshiping, singing, great is our God. And I look up, and somebody's getting baptized for the first time, and they're crying. Their whole family's there. It's just such a celebration of the gospel is what I see at your church, and I just love it. I'm so honored to just have met you all. Pastor Lisa, I want to ask you, as we're closing out our time, because in the middle of all this ministry that's going on, I just had the pleasure of hanging out with your five beautiful daughters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they are just serving all over this place, leading worship, so talented, so genuine love God. And it is sad to say, but sometimes when you see successful ministry, you see a hurting family, you know, and uh, you all have so kept that family unit and kept these girls and raised them up. I mean, you've got such an age span there, but moving right. on into adulthood, still working through teen years. Right. How have you managed all this at one time? I mean, give me a couple of things that you just said. Okay. This is how it's going to be that has caused this. Well, just first of all, knowing what God has called you to do. Yeah. We know that God called us here mm -hmm. to do this ministry. And then the other thing is you got to be real. Yeah. You got to follow God's word. Mm -hmm. You got to be real at home. Mm -hmm. You got to be real at the grocery store. That's you got to be real here. Yes. So you have to have that consistency. And your kids have to know there is a standard. Mm -hmm. And I'm not somebody else at church. And then I'm some weirdo at home yeah. that they can't follow. Yeah. So that is That's something good. that, you know, that the standard is there. The God's word is there for yeah. them to follow. You know, and I think That's another good. great thing about, about just raising the five girls mm -hmm. is this is the hardest part for ministers. This is where we don't realize we contaminate our own, own mm -hmm. homes. When we bring the nonsense, the pain, the hurt home. Yeah. Yes. So what we're doing is this problem happened and yeah. I bring it home yeah. and I'm spewing all over my kids. Wow. And then they start thinking, God is not so awesome. Church is not so awesome. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. Look at all this stuff that's happening. Yeah. You know, it's not that we're not giving them morality. Right. It's that is that God is our strength through every mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. Yeah. So we still have the joy of the Lord is is our strength. Yeah. And we're dealing with broken people and yeah. talking about them doesn't 
help the situation. Yeah. It just contaminates my own kids. Your own so family. when we come home, mm-hmm. it's just having fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's family time. Right. Yeah. Um, and they're also seeing it works. Yes. Yeah. They're seeing me and Lisa work. Yeah. yeah. They're seeing our walk with God work. Yeah. And when they see it work, they say, well, why wouldn't we yeah. want that? It yeah. works. Yeah. I see it work. Right. right. It's and not a put on. Right. Yes. So yeah. they, they need to see that. Yeah, they do. They need to see it work. Wow. It's so good. Well, and you can see that that's how you all are and how you've been. They are so genuine. Yeah. So different, each one of them, you know, but just confident. You don't see ego. You don't see, you know, I'm the pastor's kid. Get out of my way. They're just confident in who they are and enjoying life. So it's just been awesome to watch. I'm so excited for what God is doing here. A lot of people at this point would kind of sit back and go, well, you know, we did it. Look how far we've come. We'll just let this thing carry itself. But Pastor, I know you're just so full of vision for what's ahead. Your teams are so excited for what's ahead. And I just want to thank you both for just taking the time to just share your story and your heart. I believe this is going to help a lot of people in a lot of different walks of life. I think there's some pastors out there listening that are going, okay, we need to get back to how this thing started. You know, and then just people in their own life going, you know what? I don't need a huge, grandiose opportunity. I'm just going to start loving people. Right. You know? That's the ministry. Yeah. Adopt my block. I love that. I just so love that. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you very much. You're welcome.